Good morning. <clears throat> I bring you good tidings from Brother Skip Kincaid. I had a nice long chat with him yesterday, and he said, Tell Calgary Temple how much I love them, how much I appreciate their love and support over the years. He said, I'll be 88 in a few days. And he said, I feel it some days, but he said, God has been so good to me. He said, about three weeks ago, he was in a church preaching, and he preaches every Sunday in some church nearby. He doesn't go into Mexico because that would be too far for him to drive alone, and because the cartel is now stopping and killing Americans to rob them mostly for their vehicles and any money or jewelry or anything else that happens to be there. But wisdom tells him not to drive into Mexico. But he said he was at a church in Reynosa, which is right over the border. And a lady, very young lady, maybe 22 years old, very obviously disabled. She was in a wheelchair and she had been for many years, many years. And her father was there with her. And she said she, she was not necessarily a believer. Neither of them were, the father or her. And he asked for hands that wanted to accept Christ, and she did. And then she said, I want him to pray for me because I know God lives in him and God is real and I want him to pray for me. And she immediately jumped up out of that wheelchair and ran around the building. And he said, Deb, how many preachers do you know at 88 years old that are still able to preach? I said, not very many, brother. He said, how many do you know that God is continuing to give miracles like this at 88 years old? And I said, zero. Zero. I might know an 88-year-old preacher who's still preaching if I really, really looked back, but do I hear of these kinds of miracles and deliverances and things that God has blessed him with to this day? No. He's a very special man. We love him, and I love to talk to him. I know that when he calls, it'll be a good hour, hour and a half before I can do anything else because it'll be a long chat but oh I love to hear him talk and he said he's still teaching the Bible school three days a week and he said you know my mind is sharp sometimes my knees hurt a bit but my mind is sharp and boy is it ever so I greet you in his love and his care and he always says I want to come back to Campbell before the Lord takes me home. And I tell him every time, you just name the date and it's yours. So we're waiting on those things to fall into place. I want to read two brief scriptures this morning before we get into our text, which isn't quite so brief. The reason I want to read these two scriptures is because it builds faith to hear the word of the Lord, doesn't it? Romans 4.21 says, And being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he is able to perform. 
fully persuaded. Those were Paul's words. Not just a little bit persuaded, or I think maybe he might be able to. Fully persuaded that what he has promised, he is able to do, to perform. And in Mark chapter 11, Jesus answered, said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, so if you have faith in God, you are a whosoever, shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe and you shall receive them. If you would turn to Mark 5. I want you to know, I don't stand here this morning telling you that I have all the answers. No. But I know what the Bible says. And I know it says what it says regardless of what we see with our eye, what we know from the past, what we dread in the future. It does not change the word of God. Mark 5, verse 25, reading, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and nothing bettered but grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I will be healed. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Verse 30, and Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my garment? Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and thou sayest, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. There are four noteworthy things that I want to say here that this scripture points out. The scripture said that when she heard about Jesus, she listened to the right input. She had already heard from everyone else that there was no hope. The doctors kept trying. They kept taking her money, but she grew worse. 
No doubt she was depressed. She was humiliated, for women in her condition were forbidden to even leave their house. They could not leave during that time when they would have issue from their body, and they could not go out. And yet here she was in public. But when she heard about Jesus, the scripture says that faith comes from hearing the word of God. So she listened to the right thing. Number two, she believed what she heard. What she heard caused the activation of the faith in her heart. This is in accordance with Romans 10, 17. It's because it says that not everyone who believes, not everyone believes, excuse me, not for salvation nor for hearing, healing, <laughs> excuse me. And in Matthew 13, 57, the Jews were offended and refused to believe. And as a result, it limited Jesus' ability to perform miracles among them. He healed a few, but the Bible says he did not many miracles there for their unbelief. But she heard and she believed. Number three, she said, the Bible says, I believe it was verse uh, 28, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be healed. Hearing, believing, and saying, come before the healing. Never be guilty of saying, this or that runs in my family, therefore I'm likely to get it too. No, that's not consistent with the word of God. Speak what the Bible says. Speak what you hear of the Lord and act on that. Number four, she acted upon it. I want to stress here, it cost her something to move forward in this press, in this throng. She was weak. She felt so depleted. She was a nobody. She was not even legal to be there. But yet, she acted on her, her faith, and it was so worth it. I want to interject a few things here of my thoughts. I believe that the church is guilty of letting a false teaching taint our teaching of the actual truth of the word. And this is truth, that the Bible said it. God performed it. He's as able today to perform his word as he was then. And faith in us activates us to move and him to perform the word Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to give the healing to somebody else. That comes from God. It comes through faith in the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, or an act of God on his own to bring the healing. 
but we have to let go of those things that we heard in the past that weren't based on scripture and trust the actual truth of the word of God. This is one reason I keep coming back to this that it, it bugs me to no end that these people keep saying successful preachers shouldn't use more than two or three scriptures. It just floors me. Then what else are you listening to? If there's only two or three scriptures, what else are you saying? No, it must be the established word of God. The second thing I would say is that Jesus is the same one who died on the cross for salvation and eternal life as he was healing for the believers. Stay with me here if you can. I've been guilty of letting my own life experiences from long ago family issues to Jim's death to even now dictate what I feel confident and comfortable professing. You understand what I'm saying? When you experience something very, very hard, it can become a cloud in our minds that stops the faith from coming up and coming out and moving through the press and the throng to touch the hem of his garment. And I say over and over, God, forgive me. I know what the Bible says. And it says we are of one father. It, we are not from the devil. We are from God. And he is our father. And we are his children. And he's given us the children's bread, which is healing. Jesus died for real sinners, and he died for real diseases, too. But we just read that not everyone believes, and not everyone is healed. That's something we don't have the answers for. I want to tell you a story that Lester Sumrall Tremendous, tremendous man of God. I loved to listen to him. He had a radio or a TV program, probably 80s and 90s at least, maybe before that. But I read this in his book this week that he was, I don't know if I can get through this. This woman in a church that he went to, she was an older woman. She was a grandma. And she was sitting in her rocking chair in her living room one morning, reading her Bible and praying. And she said the Lord gave her a vision. And this vision was not good. It was a vision of her son and his wife and their three beautiful children, her grandkids. And they had taken the day to take the boat out to the lake. And she saw the lake in her vision, 
She saw where the truck unloaded the boat into the water. She saw them get into the boat and go out to a particular spot on the lake that she had never been to, never seen in her life, but the Lord revealed it. And one of the little children had some problem in the boat, some, something went wrong, and the dad stood up to help the little boy, and the boat capsized, and all five of them were drowned. And she was telling Brother Sumrall this story. And she said, I was able to convince the police that I knew what I was talking about because it came from God. <clears throat> and she said at first, they thought I was crazy. They thought I you know, had some sort of mental problem. But she said, please just check it out. And they found them exactly where she told them that they would be. And she said to Brother Sumrall, why did it have to happen this way? Why didn't God stop it if he could show me where they were and, and have the authorities go to them and get them? And it wasn't, you know, months and years later that they were found or never found. And he said, lady, when God gives a word of wisdom, and this is a word of God's wisdom. He gives us a little snippet. He doesn't give us the whole banana. And I thought, what a blessing to hear this from a man of God. We don't always have all the answers. We don't have every puzzle piece. We only have the wisdom that he gives us. And that's what we hold to. He knows all the rest. And that's good enough for us. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. What a heartbreaking thing this grandma had to live through. To bury her three precious grandbabies, her son and his wife. Our faith is going to be tested and proven. Yes, it definitely is. And we may even have to contend for our own healing. The same Bible that says he sent his word and healed them. Kind of the easy way, isn't it? Oh yeah, we would all love for the Lord just to speak the word, send his word, and we're healed. But it also says that this poor, weak, debilitated, humiliated woman had to push her way through the crowd to get to Jesus and could just barely touch the hem of his garment. The same word also says that Paul prayed many times for healing in his body. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for your needs. Above all, we cannot risk letting our own life experiences, hear me, become co-equal with what this book says. They do not go hand in hand. Our life experiences and what this book says are not related, right? 
Amen? No, this stands on its own, sure, and established by God. And he said, I gave my word higher privilege than my own name. It's this that we stand upon. Proverbs 4.20 says, listen carefully to my words. Let them penetrate your heart, for they bring life and healing to the whole body. Even if we haven't done all things right and all things well, the word of God is absolute truth, and you can stand upon it. Deuteronomy 30 and 11 says, For this commandment, which I command thee today, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldst say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldst say, Who shall go over the seas for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. Could I get some help to pass out the communion elements this morning, please? The Lord put this on my heart. I know that there are many of us here who don't feel well, who are battling various, thank you, various issues. Very real and some very scary things. I know that there are many that bear pain in their body on a daily basis. And I would say that without a doubt, no matter what your age is, what your station in life is, that every single one of us, and many who are not here, Becky is ill and Sister Watson, desperately need a physical touch from the Lord today. And let me say this, if you feel that you cannot touch God in this place or be healed by God in this place, I encourage you with my whole heart to find a place where you can feel that you can touch God and that he can heal you. And I mean that sincerely. Seek out a place where you can feel God. But if you do believe that God's presence dwells here and is so welcome and wanted here and that his word is taught in fullness here, that faith is exercised here and that you agree that nothing, no life experience equals what God's word says, 
then I believe that you have all the tools necessary to be healed without one person touching you. This lady didn't have help. She didn't have someone go from Jesus to her. She went to him no matter what it cost her. If you believe this, would you open your Bibles, physically open your Bibles to Isaiah 53? Even if your Bible's on your phone, it's okay. Open it, turn it to, click it or whatever you do to uh, Isaiah 53 verse 5. I'm going to follow what the Spirit of God prompted me to do. We're going to take this communion together, the bread and the wine that symbolizes the Lord's broken body and his shed blood, not only for our salvation, but for our healing. But the fact is that each of us must act individually by our own faith, in the word of God that is in our hearts. We just read in Deuteronomy, nobody needs to go get it over the sea or over the mountains or, and bring it to us. He's put it in our hearts. It's in our mouth. All these questions that we cannot answer can turn into a torment for us. It can turn into something that we cannot let go of that dominates our lives and steal our faith. We will not let that happen. So now reading Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace, the pain and the humiliation and the suffering of him buying our peace with God was put upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now we take this bread. Father, we thank you for sending your son. We thank you, Jesus for giving your life, for taking those stripes, for your broken body, that we can claim healing in the name of Jesus through faith. And we take this bread now in symboling that, symbolization of that, in Jesus' name. And we take this cup. the precious blood that was spilled for our redemption and our eternal life in heaven. And we thank you so much for loving us that much. We take it now. Would you stand with me? This week... As you know, I've, I've had a problem with my knee for quite some time. 
But this week, my shoulder went out. I couldn't move my head, couldn't move my arm, and the pain was excruciating for two days. And I said, Lord, I came down to the church on Thursday and I just poured out my soul. And I said, Lord, I cannot do this with these physical, this, <laughs> with these physical limitations and these, these, these problems. And I believe what I'm preaching this morning. I believe it with my heart. And the Holy Spirit said, put the word on your shoulder. Put it on your hurt, your pain, your problem. And I did it. And I walked around this building and the presence of God fell like a blanket in this place. I went home after hours. I went to bed. The only thing I did for my shoulder the whole week was put an ice pack on it. And I'm telling you this morning, I can move it. It doesn't hurt at all. And I'm asking you to pick up your word and put it where it hurts. Maybe it's your heart. I think your heart's on the, this side. If, if it's your heart, if it's your knee, if you have to move it 20 places, do it. I'm telling you the Lord prompted me to do it. I did it, and he took away the restriction and the impingement and the pain. And I am moving my arm without pain at all. Would you do it? Would you pick up your Bible? Nobody's looking at you. Nobody cares. Put it where it hurts. Lord, we thank you. We physically put this word on us. We can move it from place to place. I'm putting it on my knee right now because he bore those stripes for my knee just as he did my shoulder. If you have a thyroid, it, like I said, if you have a heart, I can't stand on one leg too long. Put it where it hurts. Put it where it goes. On your back, on your hip. Sometimes my hip hurts. And I just said, Lord, put it everywhere on me. Like the anointing oil that we talked about last week. Pour it all over me. I'll take it anywhere. The smearing on, if you recall. Lord, we believe. We will not let life experiences crowd out the faith in the word of God and the work that was done on the cross. We will not allow Satan to steal our healing. No, it was given to the children, even to the Gentiles. And Jesus said, yes, your faith, woman, who said that even the dogs get the crumbs from off the table from the children who were the Israelites. But she was a Gentile. And Jesus said, lady, your faith has made you whole. Her daughter was demon-possessed, and he said, your daughter is delivered because of her faith. And in faith we place this word, oh, Oh, koshata yabokoto so yabakiti yamakai. 
I tell you people to come up closer, come up higher. My word never fails. It will not pass away. It is eternal and you can stand upon it. You can act in faith and trust me in faith and see what I will do. I will bless you because I am your loving Father, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we just worship you today. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you gave your life, Lord. We thank you for the healing for our bodies that you bought. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I ask you to do this, people, this week. Do it in your own home. Do it in your bed. Do it in your car, wherever you are. Put the word on you and believe in your heart and see what God will do. Amen? Father, we thank you. We ask that you go with us from this place today in anointing, Lord. Carry it with us as we go, O oh God, and shine your face upon each one. Give protection and peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.